0: Welcome to the first ever episode of the Women of Web3 podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Ingram. I'm also the founder of Women of Web3. We're a community that's connecting women in the next iteration of the internet through jobs, learning resources, and connections. Today's episode is with the amazing Alison Downey, who's co-founder of the NFT project Meta Angels. As this podcast is for beginners and anyone anywhere along their learning journey, I'm going to break down jargon as we go so nobody gets left behind, and then we'll get deeper down the Web3 rabbit hole as we go. So an NFT or non-fungible token is essentially a digital trading card and its value is whatever the market will pay for it. Once you buy it, that sale is stored on the blockchain. So with Meta Angels, an NFT is a piece of digital art and membership to their community. But you can also buy music, NFTs, photography, pretty much anything that can be a digital file. So now that you know more or less what an NFT is, I think we're safe to proceed because there's going to be more mental gymnastics coming up. So to tell you a bit about today's guest, Alison Downey, Alison is a serial entrepreneur. Her past business, WeSpring was part of the prestigious Techstars Accelerator in New York. And it was a website for trusted reviews of baby products um, and wider consumer products, really. And she's also co-founder of Stellar Reviews. So she's all about trusted reviews by real people. She's now pivoted to Web 3.0 and together with an amazing team, they've created Meta Angels, a collection of 10,000 angels stored on the blockchain. And so ownership of a Meta Angel gives you membership to real life benefits. But before I give too much away, let me introduce you to Alison. Hi, Alison.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Oh, amazing. So let's start off super basics, Alison. I want to make sure everybody's on the same page. So your NFT collection, Meta Angels, is basically like a sort of branded membership. Can you tell me what you mean by that and yeah, what it gives you access to? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so for me,
1: when I was first starting to dip my toe into the NFT space and was deeply skeptical and didn't understand what all of the fuss was about and was worried it was some kind of beanie baby uh, craze, I found this article by a guy named Ben Yu, who is one of the founders of Curious Addies. And he wrote this 30,000 word essay about how NFTs are a generational innovation. I'd sat down for an afternoon. I'd been feeling kind of under the weather. And I just sat there and read this entire article. And as I progressed through it, it really started to click for me that what NFTs are today is a combination of a personal brand in the form of what you're displaying in your Twitter profile and a membership card. And that currently is facilitated through Discord. And when I broke it down that an NFT today was personal brand, like in the way that you would choose to carry a Louis Vuitton bag over a New Yorker tote um, and a membership card where you are able to be part of a community of like-minded individuals who are lifting each other up, I started to really see the potential. And when I thought about and looked at tokenization. So thinking of tokenization as turning things into tokens or NFTs, whether they're fungible or not, um, was looking at all these things in the real world, like um, textbooks and timeshares and cars. Can you tokenize all of those things? And started to wonder, can you tokenize something that's more abstract, like access and opportunity? And that. That's really what we set out to do with Meta Angels. By way of quick background, my co founder Alex and I have both been extraordinarily fortunate to be part of communities that have opened so many doors for us. So for me, I was part of Techstars. I went to Columbia Business School. I'm part of this membership community uh, called the List, which is women in tech and media. Uh, it's where I actually met Alex. She on her side has Y Combinator, she has her Yale Alumni Network. Um, and being part of those communities has met that we can accomplish almost anything uh, by reaching out to someone within them and and asking for their help and support. So wanted to create a community that was focused around giving, that was global, uh, that was accessible, and would give those benefits of those elite communities to people who might not otherwise have access to them.
0: Awesome. That's really exciting. I, I didn't know much about your, your backstory, actually. And a side note for sort of beginner listeners about what Discord is. Um, I guess I think of it as a bit like either Slack or whatsapp for more like for europeans people coming together around shared interests i've actually had to switch off a lot of my notifications because i'm getting a bit overwhelmed i'm in a lot of different discords around different nft collections and like there's some amazing conversations and connections happening but my my phone is basically blowing up so
1: it is a lot i have most of mine muted it can be all consuming and that's one of the things that i think nft communities need to solve for now in this space the sense that you're missing out if you're not participating in these conversations all the time time
0: yeah i would i would also say a a top tip for also beginners is turn off your dms because like go and find it in your discord settings because there's a lot of kind of um opportunists out there and like it's rare really that people would need to dm you like people will find ways of contacting you say you know on on twitter etc if they really need to contact you so switch off your dms But I wanted to ask you, so you're a serial entrepreneur by background and also a serial community builder. So was it the community side of things that drew you into Web3? So as well as NFTs themselves, is that what kind of, uh, I don't know, lit your fire?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like when that, um, that spark happened where I understood that it was both brand and community, that was where I thought, oh, I can do this. I've been doing this for a decade. I know how to build a brand. I know how to build a community Uh, and actually dating back before I started my first company, I'd worked in politics and that's all about building grassroots communities. So, um, so came into it with, with experience of that community building that I've essentially done for my whole career and found, actually, that that is one of the pain points for a lot of projects, that they're coming in with technological expertise, but don't have experience building community. And the community is a is the backbone of your project that you need people who are enthusiasts and evangelists for what you're doing. Uh, and you need people who want to hang out together and be together. And that takes facilitation. Uh, so without that, and without that deliberate community building, it can, it can really all fall apart. Um, and on the subject of discord as well, it is a terrible user interface and it is rife for scams. Um, so just to, Just to underline what you had said about turning off DMs, the direct messages that you get when you join a Discord server, they'll come in almost immediately. And a lot of them are going to look like a founder or a project, but they're impersonators. We have had literally hundreds of bots impersonating us. They would use my profile photo. They would send messages to my friends saying, um, you know, we're minting right now. So, you know, people get scammed so much in the space. So just know if something comes to you in a direct message, it is a scam. Uh, but the fact that these communities are built on discord, you know, I, I kind of feel like we are right now looking at the invention of the wheel with NFTs and we are at the very, very earliest stages and the technology that we're using is, you know, off the shelf technology that was not built for what we are using it for. It's being kind of reverse engineered to meet the needs of these communities, uh, And it's just the beginning. Like I, the wheel um, in the real world started as a pottery wheel. uh, And I feel like that's where we are right now, that the wheel doesn't even have spokes yet. And I can start to envision how it could get turned on its side and used to move things around. But the higher order uses of what originated as the wheel, like a gear that is pulling down energy from a wind turbine, can't even imagine that yet. But I've got conviction that it's coming.
0: Yes, completely. And I, I realized this when I spoke at an in-person event, you know, IRL recently, that a few people had come along to it. And I mentioned something about Web3 before the panel had even kicked off. And so like two people said that the what, sorry? And I was like, oh, Web3 as in Web 3.0, the kind of catch-all term for, you know, whether it's cryptocurrencies, NFTs, the metaverse, it's this kind of bundling up term. If we got Web1 was more like websites that were read-only, then Web 2.0 is essentially social media and connecting people up with things like you know, Airbnb other sharing economy so web 3.0 is everything that falls under this and usually links to the blockchain but not exclusively so yeah you're absolutely right that we're still really early and even though um sometimes when I see that on Twitter people saying like hey we're still early and I'm like are we <laughs> but but actually we, we really are like the wide, bill. <laughs> yeah the wider public just aren't super familiar so like I think that's There'll be a lot of people that are listening into this that'll be like the only person among their mates that are, that have like suddenly fallen down the rabbit hole and like, tell me everything about this. This looks so exciting.
1: Yeah. And, and on the web one, two, three, um, the way I've been explaining it to friends to try and keep it incredibly simple is that web one was readable, web two was writable. Like you were contributing to Facebook, Tumblr, all those other places and web three is ownable. So it's this idea of breaking up this centralization, like the Facebooks and the Amazons and the Googles and breaking it out into components that, Individual people can own, so they own their data. Um, you know there are implications for electronic medical records that could be locked into an NFT. Um, and you know when I think about the simplest explanation for blockchain as well, you know blockchain is essentially a ledger. Uh, if you think back to the general stores from hundreds of years ago, they had their paper ledger where they were recording transactions. If there was a fire, uh, the ledger would be gone forever. Um, that evolved into the things like Excel sheets and QuickBooks. But again, if the server went down, you don't have access to that anymore. And with blockchain, the ledger is distributed across thousands of nodes. So it's it's impossible for it to go down. That record is always going to be there and it's immutable because it would be an extraordinary effort to change it across all of those nodes.
0: I honestly wish somebody had explained it to me that simply when I was uh, doing PR for a blockchain startup in 2014 and people were talking to me about Bitcoin and I just went over my head wasn't that interested, and I'm obviously very regretful now. But it sometimes it feels like it's deliberately hard to to get under the skin of this.
1: Oh, jargon gated, um, and I I would say that's one of the the biggest problems and challenges. And I can say um, from the top of, or not quite the top of the learning curve, but I'm pretty far up the learning curve. Um, it's steep, but it's also short. Once you start on that path, it it all starts to click, and you know those those big hurdles at the beginning are really heavily tied to jargon, and I think that's intentional.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does. It does feel like it's sometimes, not always, but sometimes sort of locking people out using language. And uh, actually thinking about accessibility, you know, it's really important that NFTs and their benefits shouldn't only be for the privileged few. So, do you want to talk to me about Meta Angels and your approach to accessibility?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, looking at the NFT landscape in October, November of last year, I'm a relative newbie. And interestingly, when you're, you're saying that you know we're still early, I saw someone tweet something that just resonated with me, that if you look at all of the people in the world and you round up to the percentage of people who are involved in Web3 um, and who own an NFT, um, it's still zero. Uh, so, so the decimal point is that far back that rounding up Still keeps it at zero. So when I was looking at it in October, November, and watching the prices of things like CryptoPunk and Board Apes, and so many of the others, like what I came to understand is that. If you, if you build a community and you build a community effectively and it's valuable, it's going to price out the people who could benefit from it most. So when you were thinking about core values of Meta Angels and, and that generosity and that spirit of generosity and opening doors for other people, the last thing that we would want to do was exclude people from it because we had done a really great job building something of value. So started tossing around the idea of whether you could lend a token. And that also is an indication of how early we are that people hadn't thought of it, or maybe they had thought of it, but they just hadn't done it. So backing up to Ben Yu, um, who I became a fangirl of initially after reading his article and then became a close friend of, I had reached out to him and I said, you know, like, wouldn't it be possible for someone to lend a token So they wouldn't give up ownership and wouldn't give up appreciation and the value of that art or that community, but they could grant that access to the community to someone else. And in a lot of cases, people hold multiple NFTs from the same project, and they're only able to use the membership for themselves. Um, So they might have 10 of a particular token, uh, and they're only gaining the benefits of one of them. So what if someone could loan that to someone else and open those doors for someone else?
0: So people in, I love that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We were the first to create on-chain lending, and it is a function within our smart contract for those who are unfamiliar with the idea of smart contracts it is it's essentially the back end of your nft and the way that a website has a front end that you see and a back end that actually makes things happen and the smart contract is doing that so there's a function integrated into our smart contract that allows someone to securely lend to someone else their token without any risk of that token getting transferred or sold from the wallet it has been loaned to.
0: Amazing. That sounds very complex to actually execute. If you're if you're the only people doing it, like that would have taken, oh my God, I don't even know how much work. You know, surprisingly, it's it's really just a question
1: of imagination right now. Hmm. Um, that This is part of why I think of the, um, part of why I think of the NFT space as being that pottery wheel, because there are just so many things you can think of that could a smart contract do this. Uh, and a lot of times the answer is yes. And it's just building out a new function. Uh, you know, thinking back to where we were with computers in the 1980s, where you would have to type like the C and the colon and then the brackets and setup.exe. Um, like, that's kind of where we are where you have to do everything from scratch, but eventually we'll get to a point where people don't even realize that they're interacting with an NFT. Um, it's just going to be something that's natural and, and incorporated into their daily lives. That uh, I talked to someone yesterday who's pretty well-grounded in the media space, and she said it's just a matter of time until Netflix is using NFTs to allow people to log in because it solves their problem of people loaning out their membership to other people and just giving friends their passwords uh if it's an nft it really it can be used only by your wallet uh which is a really amazing thing
0: yeah it's completely unique i want to move things on to your wishing well with meta angels can you tell me a little bit what that is and have you seen any interesting outcomes from people posting their wishes Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the wishing well was a concept we came
1: up with on day one. And it was this idea that if you're tokenizing access and opportunity, you want to make sure there's infrastructure in there to facilitate those doors being opened. So within our wishing well, there are two sides of it. There's make an ask and make an offer uh, or make a wish and make an offer. So the wish side is where people are posting things like, I want to take a full-time leap into web three. So I'm putting this wish out there into the universe in case anyone knows anyone, or I'm interviewing for a job at Deloitte. I don't know anyone there. Is there someone here who could give me some insight into what that interviewing process is like? Or, you know, there was one where, um, someone said, you know, my parents are going through a divorce. I'm in my 20s. I don't have any friends who've been through the divorce of parents as an adult and would love to talk to someone about how to manage that. Um, So the the wishes really run the gamut, um, and those are all wishes that have been filled by someone within our community, and in many cases, filled almost instantaneously. Uh, That first one, where it was someone who uh, was wishing to make a full-time leap into Web3, she had just wound down her startup. Um, A week later, Randy Zuckerberg saw that wish and responded and said, I'm actually hiring for a few roles right now that are potentially aligned with your experience and, and could be a fit, let's talk. Um, and now Debbie, who had posted that wish initially is Randy's co-founder and hook. Uh, so like real magic has been happening within the community and it's, it's just so powerful to see. There's a person in our community who said that, you know, every morning they wake up, they sit down with their coffee and they browse the wishes that are in the meta angels channel to see where they can help. And we had joked that it's, powered by dopamine and altruism. Um, that it is, it is both that sense of wanting to be giving, but it also just feels so good to help someone and be able to jump in and say like, I got you on this. Uh, and, and it's just really, really gratifying. And that's what we find brings people back.
0: Yeah. It, it feels like, um, Meta Angel is really good at building that value and real connections between people it feels to me like your team really appreciates kind of slowing things down when actually often the world of nfts web3 and crypto is like faster faster fomo so would you say that's true about the sort of slowing down A hundred percent. So when we started Meta
1: Angels, you know, the behavior that's, that was so common and remains so common is this idea of grinding for uh, an access to, to pre-sale. And what grinding means is having to jump over all of these artificial hurdles that projects have put into place. Like, posting a certain number of times in their discord, retweeting a certain number of tweets, all of these things that, um, that help create hype Mm -hmm. for the, uh, for the project. And you know, the, the part about posting a certain number of times, one of the things people who are considering buying a project do is jump into the discord, see what the activity looks like, see how active it is and use that as a gauge to figure out, you know, how many people are actually going to want to buy this. And that force discord grind gives people an artificial sense of projects that are going to succeed and take off because mm-hmm. they have high quote engagement it's all noise there's almost no signal so from the beginning we said we wanted to invert that like we wanted it to be all signal and no noise and decided that we weren't going to have any of those automated requirements. Uh, There are bots that will track the amount of times you post in Discord and will give you levels. Um, And we didn't do that. And we did it all manually, which took time and took a lot of effort. But it meant that the people who ultimately bought into Meta Angels when we minted and, and minting is that initial on sale date. Uh, the people who bought in then were people who really shared our values and were there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. They weren't there to flip. They weren't there to kind of jump in and jump out. They were there because they cared about it. Uh, and they had showcased that by making meaning, meaningful contributions. So anyone who, who fulfilled a wish in our wishing well was automatically added to the allow list and meant that they could buy pre-sale. Um, People who made an offer were added as well. Uh, yeah. So really, really looking to reward the behavior that aligns with what you want your community to do. Mm-hmm. I've seen that with a lot of
0: NFT projects that they really ask a lot of people just have these requirements in place just to be able to purchase the NFT. It's funny you wouldn't you wouldn't really see that in real life essentially, of like being able to do a certain number of things. Say you know. to to be able to buy an iPhone, imagine if we were sort of ranked in that sense. Um, but I, I, I appreciate what you're saying about the kind of rewarding that valuable behavior and like, yeah, the the good stuff that you want to see more of. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent because I was really fascinated by your background, and um, because I, I also have a young baby, and uh, I found that like being pinned down by a tiny sleeping human I think that's what caused me to fall down the web 3 rabbit hole is that you know having a lot of time with my phone and just like sitting sitting still for hours um, and I saw that you've written a book about how to advance your career during pregnancy and parenthood like I r- honestly really wish I'd had that while I was pregnant but I'm so glad that I found web 3 and this whole yeah this whole community is sort of opened up before my eyes having said that I probably should give a little bit more attention to my baby <laughs> at this age they just want cuddles yeah. it's just about the
1: cuddles <laughs> um and your smell and um and you know
0: the, the skin touch and yeah. all of those things. but I just uh yeah I guess I just wanted to sort of like do a little like shout out to you as like a, a fellow mum doing interesting things um you're an entrepreneur in the literal sense I feel like I'm you know, trying to make my own moves, and it is tricky with balancing that with parenthood. But yeah, no, I've, honestly, I've been so, yeah, I'm just really impressed with what you're doing and making and matching that up with real life.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so the story of what led to the book. um, After I got my MBA at Columbia, I went and worked on Wall Street, um, where there's very little community, uh, particularly for women, and I experienced what was pretty egregious, pregnancy discrimination. And I felt really alone and ashamed in that. It felt like something that I had done wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I didn't have a community of support to turn to. Um, I ultimately didn't go back after my son was born and started working almost immediately while I was doing a nonprofit job on uh, my first Web2 company, which is called WeSpring, which was Yelp for baby and kids products, saw an opportunity to create social e-commerce reviews and and start with the baby space because it's a realm in which people go from knowing nothing uh, to feeling like a relative expert in about four months. So there are no other times in life. It's actually interesting. I've started to think about this with with Web3 and NFTs, that you do go from knowing nothing to feeling like you know a lot and are an expert. Uh, So so many parallels there. Mm. But in doing so, I started thinking about a book. And I had worked in publishing early in my career. I had a lot of friends who still worked in publishing and was thinking about what what I could contribute and what would be of value to the people who are part of the WeSpring community. Uh, And what felt missing from the market was leaning. In meets what to expect when you're expecting. Like, what is the guide for the rest of your life? You have all these guides to taking care of your body during pregnancy and taking care of a, a young baby, but what what is the guide to everything else? And it it really was also inspired by that lack of community I had felt and that sense of aloneness and what I was going through. So I wanted to take that into light and give women an understanding that it, this is a struggle all of us have uh, and give them some of the tools that they needed and advice and best practices from women who had done it well to, um, to continue to maintain that career and feel a sense of oneness with other women who had been through it.
0: Mm, that's really cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to buy your book and I'm going to apply those tools you're talking about to my my new Web3 career. Um, I just wanted to ask one final question, uh, so going back to uh, Web3.0 and all things NFTs, which is, do you have any final tips for women who are curious about the Web3 space and thinking about dipping their toes in? Where should you start? Yeah. I would say take your time is the first one. Mm -hmm. There
1: is this sense, this like FOMO is so fundamental to the culture right now. And it shouldn't be, Mm -hmm. um, it leads to people getting scammed. It leads to people making little technical mistakes early on. Um, I wound up like losing 0.15 ETH because I rushed into a mint of something and it turned out to be a scam website. Oh. Uh, and you know, like it was because I was rushing and I was trying to get in too fast. And I felt like if I didn't get in immediately, um, I was going to miss out. So take your time. One of the communities that is incredibly helpful is Curious Addies, which was Ben you and my Akiyoshi's project. They're building Duolingo for crypto. Um, yeah. so it is a community that is focused around and education and helping people get up that learning curve, incredibly welcoming of women, uh, even though it's not an all women community, uh, meta angels is a great place to go as well because of our lending mechanism. Um, you can generally find someone within the community who has a meta angel to loan that's willing to loan. Hmm. So when you enter our discord, um, we have a channel called Lending Asks and Offers, so you can connect with someone to to lend you a token there. So you can see what it's like to be inside a community like that without having to actually buy the NFT.
0: I love that. Thank you. And so finally, where can people find you online? So on Twitter, I'm at Allison Downey, and that's A L L Y
1: S O N D O W N E Y. Our Meta Angels account is at Meta underscore Angels, and on uh, Instagram, I'm um, Meta Angels underscore Ally, and Meta Angels is at Meta Angels NFT.
0: Thank you, amazing, and thank you, honestly, thank you so much for your time, Alison. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a great conversation.